faithwire.com. Well, after 60 years on the air, Pat Robertson made a huge announcement today. We'll have the details there. Today's Friday, October 1st, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. That story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. We're here Monday through Friday. We'd love to have you with us. Joining me today, as always, Trey Goins Phillips from faithwire.com with a look at what's coming up. What's going on, Trey? Hey, Dan. Happy Friday. You too. So coming up, we're going to talk about Washington State employees who initially had religious exemptions, uh, and now they've been revoked Mm. in the 11th hour, which is forcing them to decide within days whether to get vaccinated against COVID-19 or lose their jobs. Uh, Speaking of vaccination, uh, Draymond Green is the latest NBA player uh, to call out these uh, vaccine shamers and, you know, the vaccine mandates and the pressure from literally every corner uh, to get vaccinated. Uh, And then Greg Laurie, we're going to end on a good note. Uh, He's going to share with us uh, how he reaches people for Christ and talk about the upcoming SoCal Harvest event this Sunday in Anaheim. All right. All sounds good. Look forward to those. And I can tell you're not a sports fan, Trey, just by the pronunciation of Draymond Green, which I would have gotten wrong, too. Dray- oh, man. Dray- I knew I was going to mess you it know, up. That's all right. It wasn't, that, it wasn't that far off. I just probably most people wouldn't even notice it. But <laughs> So I didn't need to call <laughs> you out, you but I did attention. it anywhere. Yeah, so. yeah. Then you called attention to it, Yes, man. that was that's. I don't know what I'm doing. It's Friday. Let's move along. <laughs> all right. Story number one, Pat Robertson. He's the longest running TV host in the country. I didn't know that, but uh, that's about to change, though. Here are three things you need to know, starting with number one, the details. He is stepping down as host of the 700 Club. So he made that announcement earlier today. It's the 60th anniversary of CBN's first broadcast uh, that he is moving on to new projects, he said. Uh, He said today's show will be my final as host of the 700 Club. My replacement will be my very capable son, Gordon will take over as full-time host of the program you've seen him on uh, if you watch the show regularly you've seen him on it uh, guest hosting uh, frequently so um, but Pat Robertson he's going to turn his efforts to teaching students at Regent University which he founded back in 1977 uh, and he will also join in future CBN broadcasts as the news warrants uh, I think he's going to do a mail segment too where he's going to review those you know come back in every now and then and read emails as he often does uh, and make make appearance appearances here and there. So um, so number two here, Pat's 91 years old. And man, I mean, it's hard not to admire someone at that age who still has the passion and the work ethic to keep going in and do it. It's not easy to host a show. You know, I, I don't know yeah. for anyone who's not tried to host something. Um, it's it's tough. And he's in there at 91 doing it you know, most of the time. And you're just not going to find many people that age who have a, the energy to keep going into work every day or b the ability to do so. Um, you know, most, most people who retire are just content to sit around and eat bonbons all day and watch reruns of (laughs) Saved by the Bell. Not that that's my view of retirement or anything like that, but, uh, but it is remarkable, um, that he has hosted the show for that long and continues to do it well into, uh, or early into his nineties. So, Uh, So number three, why does it matter? Well, I mean, look, in hosting the Christian Broadcast Network's flagship program for, I mean, gosh, uh, what is that, over half a century now? Um, 
uh, he's obviously spread the gospel to millions of viewers. I mean, Operation Blessing helps people in need. You've got Regent University. Um, there's, there's just, you got a CBN News, you know, us at Faithwire and working closely with CBN News. I mean, there's just so many things that have come from this one idea that Pat had decades ago. And it's, it's truly remarkable to see what it's grown into and how God has worked through it and touched people's lives all over the world. And it's, uh, you know, it's good for Pat that he's able to step down and, and do it now on his own terms. And um, I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, it really is, like you said, Dan, just so impressive that uh, 91 still <laughs> sharp as attack. If yeah. anybody is like watched him uh, doing his segments, like he, he knows his stuff. Uh, he knows history. Uh, he knows the minutia of politics. Yeah. Now all that, all that works. Right. So uh, he's just he, all around an impressive guy. Um, obviously incredibly grateful for, for what he built, uh, just because I'm now part of that. We're now part right. of that, but also the fact that CBN really has kind of served as, I think a scaffolding for a lot of other ministries that have yeah. since gone on to do the same thing. Like we, they've kind of laid the groundwork of, of how to do this and do it well. Uh, and CBN just keeps growing. And it's just, he's, he's got quite an incredible legacy, uh, and he's still growing and he's still building, uh, onto it. Yeah. Um, so just, just really, really cool. And now I'm, I'm also, so I'm getting my master's degree at Regent. So there I just feel go. like I'm, I'm consuming all things that Pat Robertson created these <laughs> days. I, I yeah. work for his company and I go to his university. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, uh, and like you look at the old clips too. Um, I was, I was looking at some of the ones they were sharing today, just looking back on 60 years and, He's got an interview from 1974 with Corey Ten Boom. I mean, that's incredible. I, that is really yeah. incredible. You look at Corey Ten Boom, you know, we, te we read the stories to our kids about what she did in, in Nazi Germany and World War II. And it, it's just remarkable. And he, there he is sitting there having this great interview, talking about her faith. And it's just so awesome that that is on because, you know, you, the mainstream media would not have, I mean, they were talking about the Lord's provision in that interview and um, just how in that situation and you know that even I'm sure she did interviews on mainstream outlets, but you know that they didn't focus on that aspect of it. And so, you know, that's what Pat has created here. Um, a yeah. place where we can do that, where we can look at the things going on in the world and talk about it from a Christian perspective. And that's just something you don't really have in very many places, if at all. So, yeah, for sure. And I heard him, I think I heard him say this morning that he's uh, had the chance to talk with every prime minister of Israel, except maybe one yeah. or two, like it, but he's, he's interviewed all of them, which is <laughs> just qu quite impressive. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so, indeed. So there you go. Hard for us to avoid that news today. <laughs> for sure. All right. Story number two. So Washington state employees who were previously granted religious exemptions from a statewide COVID-19 vaccine mandate found out this week that those exceptions have been revoked uh, and they've been given just days to choose between either taking the shot or losing their jobs. Uh, so here are three things you need to know. We'll start with the details at number one. Uh, so the local news outlet KCPQ-TV reported yesterday that nearly a dozen employees in the state's Department of Fish and Wildlife received letters telling them that their reasonable accommodation permissions had been revoked. One employee, Brad Otto, who had wor he's worked for the state for 20 years, uh, he said he was reportedly granted the accommodation or the outlet said he was reportedly granted an accommodation on September 20th only to have been notified nine days later that the agency changed its mind. 
Uh, and in its explanation, the Department of Fish and Wildlife told Otto that it had received additional guidance that has altered how we are evaluating these reasonable accommodation requests upon further review and consideration while your religious exemption has been approved. We're unable to identify a reasonable accommodation that would allow you to continue to perform all of the essential functions of your job. So number two here, in addition to having, you know, to decide quickly whether they're going to take the vaccine, they also have to scramble to get it done by the October 4th deadline, which is just a few days away. Uh, So the state waited so long to tell employees uh, that it wouldn't be honoring their previously accepted exemptions, that state workers can only take the Johnson & Johnson vaccine because mm. it's a single dose, and the other are two doses and would put them way past the October 4th deadline to be fully vaccinated. Uh, so while so far the policy has only impacted the you know handful of employees at the Fish and Wildlife Department, it's yet to be known if the, uh, the change is going to affect all of the agencies across the state Another outlet, KING-TV, said upward of 1,700 workers who were previously granted exemptions for various reasons could end up losing their jobs Mm. uh, if the agency decides, or if if all state agencies decide to go the way that this agency has gone. Uh, So Carrie McCausland, she's the Director of Public Affairs for the Department of Fish and Wildlife, she explained the decision by saying that the safest workplace is one with fully vaccinated staff with as few exceptions as possible. This said, a decision was made to no longer accept the inherent risk of a workplace where both staff who are vaccinated and staff who do not need to navigate around each other in, in, around each other in communal areas, hallways, printers, copiers, areas, restrooms, etc., for the sake of each other's safety. She wanted on to say that employees shouldn't have to carry the burden uh, of working alongside unvaccinated people. <laughs> Uh, where they have to worry if it's safe to go to work or not. Uh, so number three, why does it matter? We've talked about this before, Dan, but yeah. I I really do worry about like what we're doing as far as otherizing people. Yeah, uh, we've gone all in on like villainizing people who yeah. make choices for for various reasons uh, about their bodies. And it's interesting because it used to be like the my body my choice wasn't that like the left's thing. Yeah, uh, and now when it comes to vaccination, uh, we have to set that set that talking point aside. Yeah, when it's your actual own body, because obviously yeah, when they right. apply it, they're applying it to actually someone else's body, which is the unborn child inside the womb at early stages of development. But now when it's your actual body, they don't want to allow. It. It's a very bizarre th- phenomenon that's happening right now, and yeah. um, you know. Is as we'll see in the next story, there are at least some people standing up, and and that's good to see. But uh, you know, there's consequences to this, and and as we've talked about it, it's just not gonna. You you can't go down this road as a society and end in a happy place. <laughs> it yeah, doesn't happen. No. So, and I just like I can't understand why. Okay, so they're gonna change their mind on this, which they were probably going to do all along. They're just scrambling to find right. a way to justify, to justify it. it yeah. uh, and you're you're not gonna move the date for when they have to be vaccinated by. It's like, oh, by the way, yeah, <laughs> you have to then be you vaccinated lim- yeah. by Tuesday. Good luck. And then yeah, and then they don't even, and then that limits their choice even more by, yeah. like you said, having to get the, you know, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. So troubling stuff all the way around for sure all right let's head into uh, story number three a related topic draymond green is the latest nba player to speak out uh against vaccine shaming here are the three things you need to know starting with number one the details 
Golden State Warriors forward Draymond Green said this week it's not his place to tell uh, teammates uh, to get vaccinated against COVID-19. He pushed back against mandates and the politicization, if I could say that right, uh, of the pandemic and its restrictions. He he, um, talked to reporters. They were basically talking about Andrew Wiggins, who's one of the players on the Golden State Warriors, who so far seems to have refused to take any vaccination. So... Uh, But he is participating right now in the practices and things like that. But if he chooses to remain unvaccinated, he's going to face those consequences. We talked about the other day. He's going to lose up to $350,000 a game because Mm -hmm. he's not going to be able to play in home games because officials of the city of San Francisco have mandated all people entering an indoor mega event, which is 5,000 people or more, must be fully vaccinated, inoculated against COVID-19. So unless he takes a shot, He's going to be barred from playing at the Chase Center when the Warriors uh, open up their season on October 21st. So, uh, as I said, the NBA announced that they'll be docking players for any games they missed as a result of violating COVID-19 mandates. And so here's how Draymond Green responded um, to this as it, it came up and, you know, we played you Wiggins the other day and, and how he responded to reporters. Here's how Draymond Green responded when reporters keep asking this question. I think you have to honor people's feelings and, and their own personal beliefs. And I think that's been lost um, when it comes to vac- vaccinated and non-vaccinated. Uh, and it, it kind of sucks that that's been lost um, because you, you're essentially not giving anyone, uh, we, you know, you say we live in a land of the free. Well, you're not giving anyone freedom because you're making people do something essentially uh, without necessarily making them. You're making them do do something, he said. Uh, yeah, so there, there's his comments there talking about the freedom aspect of it. LeBron James actually, somebody posted this, that clip on Twitter. LeBron James retweeted it and said he agrees with it 100%. That's an interesting dynamic that's certainly brewing in the NBA because these are the, I mean, it's not just like rando players um, that are supporting yeah. anyone who is not a fan of this mandate and knocking about down. You have, it's the biggest star of the game, LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. I mean, these are huge stars and they are supporting people's rights to not have to be forced to do something. So number three, why does it matter? I mean, for the reasons we've talked about, Trey, another one today, um, Gavin Newsom announced that they're mandating in California that kids get, conveniently after the recall, this this comes down, um, mandating that kids get vaccinated or they can't return to school. And um, so that's just another example. But it, it's not whether you're for the vaccine or against it. That's just in a rel- That's just not part of the discussion. It's it's the bigger picture of freedom, and yeah. if. I, I just don't see how people don't see if you seed freedom on this, if you just, you know, seed the ground, if you allow the government to have this reign over your life, you have set the precedent and they will keep using this for other things. Hmm. It will take freedom away as a value in America if you just say, yeah, the whole freedom thing. And, and it's very troubling to me to see people try. You've probably seen a lot of them say it. Yeah, well, you know, forget you and your freedoms. People actually say that out loud. And it's really quite something because, I mean, that is that is terrifying to live in a country where 
the moment someone's afraid of something, they're willing to lay their freedoms down. And it just seems like that's where we're at. People, enough people seem that they're totally cool with losing freedom. Yeah. I mean, and it, it is bothersome that you bring up the issue of freedom or of liberty or personal choice or medical privacy, whatever. Um, and a lot of times people just kind of roll their eyes or yeah. like kind of laugh it off. Like, like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, that's ridiculous <laughs> that you think that anything like that would ever happen. And it's like, I, but are you not seeing the fact that, that freedoms are in real time being chipped away from yeah. certain people? Like I get like, it's not, it doesn't look the way you would think that it would look. It doesn't, you know, it's not like obvious all the time, um, but it still is happening nonetheless. And I can't help but think uh, maybe this is like the optimist in me think that maybe Biden kind of bit off more than he could chew. Like he, he didn't anticipate the kind of responses he's getting. Cause we've got several NBA players who are standing up to these mandates mm -hmm. again, not saying the vaccine is bad, but taking issue with these draconian restrictions and mandates. And then uh, just news today broke that more than 180 Minnesota healthcare workers have filed a lawsuit against vaccination mandates. So I'm just wondering if this is going to come back to kind of bite the the White House uh, in a way that they weren't uh, expecting, but you know, only time is going to tell as far as that goes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, all right, story number four. We'll end on a on a positive note. There we go. Uh, so, after more than a year <laughs> since the last Harvest Crusade, California Pastor Greg Laurie, who's been called like the Billy Graham of this generation, is returning to Angel Stadium in Anaheim, California, for SoCal Harvest, a one night worship and evangelism event. Uh, here are three things you need to know. We'll start, number one, with the details. So last year, because of the pandemic, of course, Harvest hosted a first-ever online crusade called A Rush of Hope, which reached more than 4 million people and saw 17,000 salvations. Uh, we spoke with Pastor Laurie about his event this Sunday uh, and asked him why it's so important for believers to come together and share the gospel with those who haven't been saved. Well, I think it's just, first of all, great to know you're not alone. <laughs> you're not the only one who has the beliefs you have as a follower of Jesus Christ. You're not the only person who believes the Bible is the word of God. It's something very encouraging to look around and see 40,000 other people that share your beliefs and your faith in the Lord. So that's very important for starters. I think also that when we worship together with thousands of people, there's something very thrilling about that. You know, the Bible says when we get to heaven that there's going to be a lot of worship. Mm. And so this is something that, to me, it's like a little taste of heaven. And then thirdly, and I already touched on this, is, is you know, when you Jesus said there's joy in heaven over one sinner that comes to repentance. So when you see, you know, 4,000 people come forward, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people believed. And, and when you see a number of that kind happen before your eyes, and even more, if one of the people in that number is your mom or dad or son or daughter or friend that you brought or coworker, it's even more exciting. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of special things that happen when we gather together in person. Then we also asked him about witnessing, uh, because it can be a, a daunting thing to do, uh, to share mm. your faith with someone, particularly if it's a loved one or friends and family members, because it, it feels like the stakes are higher. At least it's felt that way for me, because, you know, these are people you see and you talk to all the time. It's not just a random person uh, on the street. So he gave us some really helpful tips, and he gave us also an acronym that he uses in sharing the gospel with others. 
Well, I, I have a little acronym I came up with. I think it works with any generation. It's BLAST, B-L-A-S-T. So it's an acronym. B stands for build a bridge. When you want to talk to somebody about your faith, build a bridge. Start there. Uh, L, listen. Be a good listener. Get, it's a conversation. It's a dialogue, not a monologue. Don't do all the talking. A, ask questions. Get to know the person even better. Find out about them. Ask questions. Uh, S, share your testimony. That is your personal story of how you came to Christ. And T, tell them about Jesus. So build a bridge, listen, ask questions, share your testimony, tell them about Jesus. I read that 85% of people who are not Christians would be willing to have a conversation with their Christian friend about their faith if the Christian really wanted to talk about it. Hmm. I think people are more open than we think they are, but we don't need to come and preach at our friend's we're told to preach the gospel. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that, but don't yell at them. Don't make it a monologue. Engage with them. Listen to them and tell them what God has done for you and then share the truth of the gospel. Here's a great event to use as a catalyst, you know, a way yeah. to start the conversation. Hey, you might say, come with me to Angel Stadium this Sunday or let's watch this link together at harvest.org. Come on over to our house and we'll have dinner and then we'll watch the event. And so it's a way to get those conversations started. Then number two here, we talked about how he prepares, how Pastor Laurie prepares for big events uh, like this Sunday's SoCal Harvest. And here's what he told us. I take it very seriously. I'm praying about it, not just once a day, but many times of the day. And in my case, I'm working on my message. And, you know, and to me, the objective I have is to make the message as simple as possible. I don't want it to be even remotely complicated. I want it to be so understandable a child could understand what I'm saying. And so, uh, I, you know, I'm effectively from the beginning of the night to the end when I speak, I'm I'm speaking for a decision, preaching for a decision. Mm. I call a proclamation evangelism where I'm proclaiming a message and giving a person an opportunity to respond to the message. See, that's different than a church service. You know, I think we all want to take our non-believing friends to church, but we're afraid, oh, what if the pastor speaks on tithing this Sunday or some subject that's not the best subject? See, this event, the so-called harvest, is designed for a non-believer, for a person who is hearing these things for the first time. So it's really unique in that regard. All right. So the event, uh, SoCal Harvest, like I said, is one night only. It's this Sunday at Angel Stadium in Anaheim. Uh, it's going to feature, uh, obviously, Greg Laurie preaching with performances, too, from Phil Wickham for King and Country uh, and other Christian artists. And for those who can't make it in person, uh, Pastor Laurie told us that the event is going to be streamed online, and you can get all the information for that if you want to live stream it at harvest.org. It'll be this Sunday, like I said, and you can you can watch it online. Uh, so number three, why does it matter? Look, I just think it's so important for believers to come together. I think we we learned how important that is if we didn't already realize it after a year and a half of of so many restrictions, particularly in California. They've been one of the strictest when it comes to um, to church gatherings and all that kind of stuff. We've covered that at Faithwire and CBN. Uh, and it's also just been a difficult year, Dan, for so many people. 
Uh, and to see this kind of faith-based event return where like-minded people to, can come together and celebrate and, and you know, remember who it is that they worship and why we worship Christ uh, is just is really cool. So the Harvest Crusades are a big deal in California. Yeah. Even though they didn't happen last year, they're back this year or it's back this year for one night. So if you're in the area, I would definitely consider going. And if not, uh, head over to harvest.org and you can watch it go down live. Yeah. Um, oh, I shouldn't I shouldn't be a Debbie Downer on it, Trey, but I mean, is this going to be one of those mega events or whatever <laughs> that got Gavin Newsom as a... I want, yeah, I don't know. Don't even know. I don't All know right. how that works. <laughs> well, either way, great event. So we'll be praying yeah. for that one for sure. So... That is all the time we have for this episode of the 4 and 3 podcast. Don't forget to head on over to faithwire.com and cbnnews.com for more news from a Christian perspective. God bless. Have a fantastic weekend. We will see you back here on Monday.